If you've ever tried to get help for struggles in your life related to childhood trauma, you may have been told or pressured even to spend time and money talking about the past. Even if you've talked about the past for years, even if you don't feel that that's the problem right now, and even if you're desperate to work on present day problems, that's my story too. The problems of my life in present time when I first started healing were so big that it didn't really matter what I talked to a therapist about regarding the past. I get that it's important to talk at some point about what happened to us, but I don't believe that infinite talking about it is the ultimate solution. My letter today is from a woman I'll call Cecilia, and she writes, Dear Anna, I would like to ask your opinion about something that feels like a sticky hole under my feet. I like people with vivid language. I've got my fairy pencil. I'm going to circle things I want to come back to, but let's go through and read Cecilia's letter and see what's going on. I am a 32 year old single mother. I was diagnosed with ADHD three years ago. I think I also have CPTSD. I went through a series of traumatic events as a child and a young adult. Certainly plausible. I've had therapy of various forms, including talking therapy, CBT, hypnotherapy, and ADHD-specific coaching. I became very interested in self-development and the workings of the mind, so much so that I did a hypnotherapy qualification myself, which I never used except for practice and self-help. Now I'm at a place in my life where I'm not interested in any more digging and talking about what's been. I'm focused on what is now and what, what and how I can build a better tomorrow. I hear you. So in hopes of doing that, I recently went to a coaching session with someone specializing in ADHD, trauma, addiction, and some other things. And during the session, I was asked about the anxiety. I'd marked on my intake form and we had a chat about the workings of that. And then the coach asked me about my childhood problems that was also marked on the form. I marked it to indicate that it was a thing. I know it had an effect on things, but I wasn't interested in unpacking it yet again. I just wanted to give context and leave it there. So I took a deep breath and proceeded to give a short enough answer not to scratch the wounds much. Yes, I had some traumatic events, including sexual abuse. I've had lots of therapy and I feel I have put that in the past and I'm ready to leave it there. So we carried on with the session, circling back to present issues and practical solutions. But then at the end of the session, he told me that he does coaching and also therapy. And it's my choice what I want to do next going forward. But coaching is more like building and working toward a goal, he said, and you need a solid foundation for that. Hmm. He said he feels that the anxiety I'm dealing with on a daily basis has roots going way back and would be good to rip those up as to create a clear slate, solid ground for building. Sounds great, but I hear you. My heart sank, she says. One, am I such a mess that I don't have a solid enough ground under my feet? Two, going back and ripping roots up, no thanks. Since the session, I haven't been able to put the cap back on the past. I'm constantly telling the stories of the past in my head to the coach, even though I'm not in the session anymore. During the session, he asked me, who do you talk to? In my reply, I revealed that I have friends to talk to, one very good one whom I talk to on the phone almost daily, but physically I'm alone, I'm isolated. 
My friends live in other countries, and I talk to the paper often through painting, drawing, and writing. I find it therapeutic. To this he responded with, that's nice, but that is a form of escape. You paint and it feels good, and you put your issues to the side. Gosh. Huh. I felt my sensitive side being triggered, and to my surprise and joy, I protected her. She means that side of herself. I said, no, it's not really like that at all. I ask my subconscious to speak through art. I can even have a two-way conversation. Often I have no idea what I'm feeling. I can only sense the excruciating comfort of anxiety, but clueless as to why. So then the only way to find out and find relief is through art. I'm not escaping. I'm going in and coming home. I go into a trance-like state and I paint. Soon enough, it becomes clear what is at the back of my mind, and I can express, understand, and discharge those toxic feelings. I gain understanding and my nervous system calms down. I feel connected even hours after, to myself, to the world, to others. That's beautiful. But in that, he is right that it's, it's still a lone activity. I'm talking to the paper, and often this is the only way I can. I talk to others too. It's a gateway back home to the now. Uh, am I away with the fairies? I love that. Away with the fairies. Uh, my husband's English and has a saying like that. And since I'm the fairy. <laughs> am I away with the fairies, she asks. I can't help but think that he is right. After all, I work as a dog walker for someone else part-time, receiving benefits to help out with the bills. And I live alone with my beautiful daughter and loving dog and five pet rats. Animals are safe. I want to feel safe with people too. I don't want to be digging and ripping. I think I need help to overcome the isolation I voluntarily put myself into. A glass cage that keeps me safe but no longer sound. I want to be able to have a friend over without the shame about the state of the house that is often a mess. And despite my desperate attempts of keeping it nice, I'm struggling with the tasks of being a grown-up because anything involving planning, organizing, routine and executing is challenging and because i'm alone trying to be the whole village that takes <laughs> it takes to raise a child i'm trying to be the whole village i love that and she says that includes my inner child my relationship with the parents with my parents is good from a distance i need lots of time to recover and discharge the stress chemicals that build up each time i visit oh kind of good maybe not all the way there my mom is highly anxious, critical, and harsh. It's a very fine line between good and, oh God, no, let me get out. I haven't seen my dad in two years. We talk on the phone. My stepdad is kind. I feel stupid around him, not sure why. So I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. I worry about my finances, work, well-being of my kid and animals, because at times I find it hard to be okay with myself. I'm a fighter. I'm not about to give up, but the thought of that does give me relief. Like, just retreat into isolation. Heck yeah, we all have that fantasy, but it doesn't last, does it? Shall I focus on relationships, finances, anxiety, or what first? Who do I ask? I feel that anxiety will take care of itself if I can get to a more secure place 
in at least one area of life, but how? I feel like it is a constant juggle. I have the tools, the hyper-awareness even, the motivation, but not the how to actually do it sustainably. I can't do structure. I can't hold focus long enough. I have given up enough, reduced and eliminated all distractions and toxic relationships, friendships I could think of. Now the building and making new connections, but how? Please tell me there is hope. There's hope. There's hope. Don't you worry. Recently, I gave myself a middle name, Faith. I believe in love despite all the heartbreak. Something in me, her, little Faith, still holds the vision of a happy life. Good, but I can't keep seeing it only. I need to leave my glass cage. Where to go? How? How do I make connections without scarring myself even more? Or is it part of the process? And that is from Cecilia. Cecilia, I love this letter. I love how in touch with yourself you are. I'm with you. I don't know about this coach. If that's how you feel about him, there is no need for you to keep going. You can focus instead on something that feels nourishing and harmonious with what your instinct tells you you need. You don't strike me as somebody who is escaping or is in denial. I like your ways of self-regulating, the paper, the art. It sounds very reasonable to me. That is not escape. It's just not the whole pie of your life. And that you seem very honest and straightforward and understanding about like, yeah, you need to have more connection in your life. So first, as somebody who was a single mom for nine years, perceptions about what is possible at that time need to be taken with a grain of salt because it's a very hard time and you're here, you're on benefits, you're walking dogs, somehow you're getting some therapy, which is great. And, uh, you know, to pay for that, a lot of people in that situation wouldn't have that. But I'll tell you something. When I was in therapy a bunch 30 years ago, before I found the techniques that worked for me to overcome these problems, I, it was free because I had been attacked on the street. I, th this whole pot of money was just sitting there for me to spend on therapy. And I ended up walking away from it because I didn't need it anymore when I found something that did work for me. So you've been diagnosed with ADHD. I don't question professionals' diagnoses. I don't diagnose, but I will tell you, generally speaking, a lot of people say that ADHD is often a misdiagnosis that what's actually going on is complex PTSD. That is certainly possible for you. It has many overlapping symptoms. Some people have both ADHD and CPTSD. And in my view, it's really helpful to just see, well, what lens on this actually helps you? Which way of looking at it supports you to create that structure that you need to create a path forward. So you sound a little bit stuck. So I'm going to propose to you a couple of alternatives here, or at least one big one. I relate to you very much. I find people overwhelming, but I'm not an introvert. I need people. And I found single parenting to be so isolating. And there were a number of reasons why of what was going on in my life. I was having problems that alienated me from other, other moms. Um, like the breakdown of my marriage. <laughs> they didn't like that. They weren't comfortable around that, I think. But also I had uh, hospitalizations. I had this really like terrible boyfriend for an episode there that really scared people. So I had a lot of stuff going on. But then also I lived 20 minutes away from the school my kids went to, like in the half wilderness. And um, 
you know, that my kids could never go play with anybody without me going and driving them and making a play date with some other parent and feeling awkward with the parents. So we were isolated and being isolated makes everything harder. You know, in the short term, it makes everything easier because being around people is a trigger. It's, you know, people are triggering. When you have complex PTSD, that's pretty much the norm is that being around people and interacting with them, it sets off neurological dysregulation. Neurological dysregulation leads to an inability to focus. And you know, who has time for that? We're always trying to do the best we can to like keep our heads together, stay on task, keep everything organized, <laughs> care for the child. It's, it's a lot to do, isn't it? It's a lot. It's a lot to stay on schedule for and staying regulated makes everything better. So it's almost without even a conscious decision and we start to pull away from other people to control that trigger. But here's the thing, the longer you do that, avoiding people to control the CPTSD, the CPTSD starts to fester and it can get a little worse and it can get worse again after that. And so part of how we treat the CPTSD is by staying connected. But I loved your question because you very aptly recognized it's gradual. If you have this sensitivity, you don't just run out and join 10 clubs and start hanging out with everybody. Like that would quickly overwhelm you and then you'd go, go even deeper in your cocoon if you're like a lot of us. I think you are. And so you do it slowly. We call it titration. Titration is a medical word for a little at a time. You know, you can do it with a, a, medi a medicine that's going through an IV drip in medicine where it's, it's a little at a time and we see, does the fever come down? Yes. Okay. We won't increase it. No, not coming down. We turn it up. And so, so it is with interacting with people and we start with small things. So I'm just going to tell you, I have a course that's for this. It's for people with childhood PTSD who are suffering with being able to connect right now, either as a lifelong condition or made worse by the pandemic or, or by a, a trauma more recently in life where you just feel like you can't deal. And this is a, it's a course that walks you through a bunch of one little thing at a time, practical steps. And, um, what I recommend to everybody who's trying to heal from a trauma related thing, however you're approaching it is you need the tools that help you do the positive thing. It's kind of like, you know, putting stepping stones in front of you rather than just going, Oh, look, there's the desert, go walk through it and figure out where to go. You lay the stones out with activities and go, here's a little for today and some for tomorrow. And, and so that's how I lay out half my courses is stepping stones one day at a time. But then it also becomes, helpful to have other people who are also taking the course or who are at least using the same sort of philosophy. And in my philosophy um, and my experience, digging up the past is brutal. It's dysregulating. And I have had plenty of chances to talk about the past, partly in therapy that ended up too dysregulating for me to benefit. In 12-step meetings, I went to a program for families of alcoholics for a long time. And there I had the chance to really talk in detail about what happened and sometimes listening to other people's stories. I had this, you know, profound feeling of recognition. I had that too. And then friendship with people who understood it's very positive. It's not perfect. And the people who turn up at, um, like my membership program and the people who go to 12 step, they're there because something's hard for them. So sometimes people are like, Hey, these people have problems. It's like, yeah, that's why people work on their trauma. There's a problem. I certainly consider it. It's like a tribe. And it's the first time I've really felt at home with people is to be with other people who have CPTSD. So I really love the membership. I love the live events where we get to meet in person. I invite you. I mean, come check it out.
we have a monthly thing where you can just try it for a month and see how it goes. But in it, you can take all the courses, you can come to my webinars and you can, um, there's like group coaching that I do every two weeks with the members. But there's also this Facebook group, it's secret, like nobody gets in and that's where people can talk to each other and ask questions and go, have you ever tried to, you know, go to a school function, but you were the only single parent there, you know, questions that you have and people share their experience with you. Or have you ever gone to a coach and they said you had to dig it up and you felt instinctively that you didn't want to about the past and they can share their, you can ask for experience from people with that. Even the very act of talking to other people is very powerful to start kind of dispelling the magic gravity of terrible things. It feels bigger than it is sometimes, or sometimes it doesn't feel big enough. We can't, we're in denial about the seriousness of something. So we gently can sort of come back. And the fact that it's online, it's a little less, there's less potential for overwhelm than doing it like with neighbors or people you see all the time. For, be, you know, for better and worse, it's online. Uh, I don't know if you know this, I lead daily practice calls every two weeks. I teach this free course with techniques to calm your nervous system and so many other benefits. And with your anxiety, I just want to just like, don't spend any money yet. You don't have to come take my free course, the daily practice. It's always linked down below in the description section. It's always featured on my website, crappychildhoodfairy.com. And it's a free, simple technique that you can use to re-regulate your nervous system, but also there's so much more to it than that. It's a way to kind of face what the thoughts are gradually, to sort of see what it is, and to be able to open up a few hours in your day after you do it where you feel less less troubled by things. Your thoughts and feelings are less jammed up in your mind. And there's really no way to explain it accurately. Each person needs their own experience of it. So I encourage you to try it. You can learn and try it in less than an hour and see how that goes. If you do learn it, you'll get an email from me saying, come to my free daily practice calls. I do those every two weeks and they're wonderful. It's my favorite thing to do is um, we, we use these techniques together. It's a very specific writing technique and a med- meditation technique. And then I take questions from people. The, hours are, the calls are usually a couple hours long and I love them. It's a very wonderful group of people there. And we all learn so much from these, from what people share and, and talk about there. So you could come to that. And that's a way to have community for free. And then the membership, it's like a smaller community where it's easier to get to know the individual people. And they have peer-led daily practice calls like several times a day. And that's a lot where I think people get to know each other here. So I just want to, you know, it's kind of, it's a lot of talk about stuff that I offer, but I want you to know about it because it's designed for people just like you. It's for people like you to make it easier and give you support, to give you tools and community, to be able to do what you kind of instinctively know you need to do. There's a lot of artists in there, all kinds of people with different professions and pasts and things. You get a lot of validation that how you are managing your mental dysregulation is normal. It's normal. And if you, if it works for you, it's a very special thing that absolutely you should keep doing. So maybe we'll see you there. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs in the episode description below or on my website, crappychildhoodfairy.com. If you're going through a hard time and you need online therapy, I encourage you to check out BetterHelp. They're easy and affordable and they can connect you with someone you choose within a few days. 
And if you use this special URL, you not only help this channel, but you get 10% off your first month of therapy. So go to betterhelp.com slash CCF, as in crappy childhood fairy. That's betterhelp.com slash CCF. And remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.